0: People get annoyed by that because it's annoying.
1: Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast where Matt and I, we're friends, we talk about things that are good and bad. And sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we get along. Some people may not know the, the back, the underpinnings of this podcast, but this is the only thing Matt and I disagree on, basically.
0: Pretty much everything else besides, I guess, coffee... We agree on, I think. We don't even really disagree on coffee.
1: We have different habits, but like, I don't think coffee is
0: bad. You just, have, you just have a potential coffee problem in the future, and you're cutting it off right now.
1: I know myself well enough to know that I should not start drinking coffee, because it would be a real, real slippery slope. That slope is just lubed up with coffee. Uh, should we dive right into our topic, Matt? Sure. So let's just pull back the curtain a little bit and let people know that this weekend
0: we hung out together. That is, uh, I'm willing to admit that.
1: All right, I'm good. I'm glad we're on the same page so far. No disagreements.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to admit that I hang out with you sometimes. We'll tread
1: carefully down this path. Matt and I live in different cities. We don't ever talk about it on the show. Matt lives in Philadelphia. I live in Baltimore. Over the weekend, I was up in Philadelphia for a wedding, hung out with Matt a little bit, and Matt, we did something that we, we do, it's, I think it's the thing we do now together when we hang out, uh, which is we watched House Hunters Renovation.
0: Yeah, not always renovation. House Hunters, some version of House Hunters. Because it's the best show in the whole world, I think. Some member of the House Hunters family of shows, House Hunters
1: family of products, we took it in together and enjoyed it and had a very good time. And Matt, that, that brings us to this podcast, where I am going to have to convince you that House Hunters is a bad show. It's <laughs> a really bad, bad show. And I want to be clear that it's a bad show that I really enjoy. I'm not trying to propose a change to our ritual. Uh, I yeah. enjoy our ritual. I think it's great. And we should keep doing it. That does not mean that House Hunters is not a bad show, which is what I'm going to and try not, and talk you into. I'm not into.
0: saying I totally disagree with you. I'm not saying I watch it because I think it's a real gem, but I do want to hear all the reasons you think it's bad, but you still enjoy it. Because I feel like that's something I might do more often. You, It's very infrequent that you actually do something you think is bad. Like Even if you do something, like watch a bad thing repeatedly, you somehow try to justify that it's good. So this is an interesting one to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. And I, it's something I want to talk about for that reason exactly. You didn't even, you didn't even back down from that. You just said, yeah, that's a thing I do. I justify everything I do. as good. Well, I understand from your
1: perspective, you see it as justification. From my perspective, there's, there's a distinction. I legitimately get something out of watching The Room over and over again that I do not get out of watching House Hunters ever. And I want to explore and plumb those depths because that's an important distinction. I think the reason I want to talk about House Hunters is because there's a thing I enjoy watching that I think it's a bad TV show, I think it's undeniably bad, and that is okay. That is a thing that is allowed to happen. And I think one of the issues we run into, uh, we, the colloquial we, we as creators and people making culture and trying to be critical of art and things around us, is that people think that if you are critical of something, and they like it, that you are now enemies, you're at odds, that, that this person is somehow judging you, or writing you off, or whatever. And so these two things exist entirely within me. I'm going to be extremely critical of House Hunters and also admit that I watched it a bunch. And we're going we're gonna to explore that because I think it's an important thing. And where I want to start the exploration, Matt, is with the annoying proclamation that I do not own television,
0: which... <laughs> that's, that is a great, uh, that's a great proclamation, especially now where uh, every laptop is basically television and you're barely you're you're splitting hairs on this. One. Well, so here's the but thing. Sure, you don't own a television. People get annoyed. I've
1: heard people on podcasts and in pop culture I talk about. I don't
0: have a screen stuck to my wall. I just have a screen I carry around with me, and then another screen I carry around with me. People but I don't get have people that get annoyed, kind of annoyed at that
1: because they think I'm being some hipster and I'm trying to be like TV's below people, me. I have more important <laughs> things to do with my people life. People
0: get annoyed by that because it's annoying. But anyway. Well, but I I want to be
1: very clear about this because people are not uh, thinking hard enough about it because having a laptop that you can watch Netflix on, which I do occasionally. I don't watch 10 yep. TV. I will watch Star Trek every once in a while, The Next Generation specifically. Um, that's really about it, actually. I watch a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation. At one time, Matt, I actually, <laughs> I said my entire Netflix subscription is literally only used for Star Trek for The Next Generation. If you go to watched things, there's just one yep. little square with Jean-Luc Picard's face in it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm paying $7 a month just to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. I should just buy them, like, digitally or on DVD and then, like, ripped them to my computer or something. Then I'll just have them
0: and that I won't pay for Netflix anymore. Is that even an option? It is an option. I looked into it. Guess how much it costs? Oh, God. It's going to be thousands of dollars and then the $7 is just worth it, isn't it? It's, not thousands, it's five years of Netflix. <laughs> so, I, by, if I was to say that I really
1: am only going to watch Star Trek The Next Generation, I would have to be true to that for five whole years to break even on my not pay for netflix proclamation so clearly it doesn't make any sense just keep paying for netflix keep watching star trek only and then maybe sometime (laughs) in the next five years i'll watch something else and it'll be worth it so anyway i only watch star trek i only watch it on my laptop which is the only device i have for watching television this is a really important distinction for me because owning a tv is not just about having a bigger screen to watch television on as opposed to your laptop Uh, i really believe it is about having a fixture of your space that is dedicated to this thing. Because TV watching is not the same to me as lots of other consumption of art. In that TV, for a lot of people, I think is a ritual more than it is a thing they get value out of. Like we do things for lots of different reasons, right? And some of the reasons we do things is that we get something out of it, right? Like I feel like I listen to podcasts and get something out of them. Uh, I I try to listen to shows that I think are funny, which uh, expose me to perspectives that I don't have, which make me think about something I didn't think about before, which do something for me that I find to be valuable. Yeah. Um, Some people do that with TV, certainly, but a lot of people don't. TV is a ritual. It is a thing where I'm going to turn it on, and it means that I don't have to think. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to communicate with these people in this building with me. Uh, it just becomes this thing that uh, becomes like the default behavior for a lot of people. Uh, that is the reason I don't own TV. It's not because TV's evil. It's not because I'm some hipster that wants to pretend that TV's below me. It's because I, I'm, this, I'm the person that will come home every day after work and turn on House Centers International, and that'll be it. I will be so happy to just sit there and watch those people discuss transoms and floors, a number of bathrooms for hours. Uh, and I want to avoid that the same way I want to avoid drinking coffee, because I know that will become a habit for me, and a habit that I would not necessarily get anything out of. So that's an important distinction to make. I don't own a TV, and that's why.
0: You, you don't own a TV because you see the potential for problem.
1: I see that it would be entirely too easy for me, personally, to fall into a rut that I do not want to fall into, which is television becoming the default in my life.
0: This is the same as me not keeping certain snacks around the house because I know if they're yep. there, yep. they're going to yep. get eaten and they're all going to get eaten before tomorrow.
1: And they're all going to get eaten by me and right now, immediately. Now I <laughs> ate them all. Uh, I'm exactly the same way with snacks. I have all the self control in the whole world when I'm at the grocery store to not buy the Oreos. If the Oreos are in my house, I have I become a human monster. There is no self control. They are consumed, <laughs> they are the enemy. They must be destroyed with my mouth. Uh, so I know myself in that degree. And so, yeah, to me, it's exactly the same thing. Getting your laptop out opening Netflix, not, doing, not being distracted by something else on your laptop, right? Like, I have my own habits that are not particularly beneficial to me. Uh, it's not like I'm t- completely absent of those, but they're different ones. And I don't want TV to be my one thing that is that. So, laptop yeah. is more work, and it's not quite as fun, and you have to, like, prop it up on a coffee table or something. Uh, so, all of those things are barriers, which means that I watch TV when I really want to watch TV, not because it's just the thing that I do.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that. I will say... My, uh, my counterpoint to that is the reason I like to watch things on the TV as opposed to the laptop is if I watch it on my laptop, I will end up clicking away from it and doing 10 other things, and I will never pay attention to a movie. I need to put the movie on the TV if I'm actually going to pay attention to it. Oh, but see, that's no way around you, that.
1: You've, you've worked yourself into a corner here, Matt, though, because you don't do that.
0: You use your laptop while you're watching the thing, and you don't pay attention to the thing anyway. Sometimes I do that, but if I actually want to pay attention to it, I have to put my laptop in a corner and then just watch the TV and pay attention to the movie.
1: What if you put your laptop in the corner with the movie on it? What does that mean? Oh,
0: oh, like put it far away from you?
1: I'm saying if you have the self-control to not go get your laptop out of the corner and open it up and start messing around on it, do you not have the self-control to leave the movie full screen on the laptop and not minimize it and do something else?
0: Oh, well, see, there's this thing where if you put something farther away, it looks smaller in the distance. And so what I I counteract that. (laughs) I I, I found a way to counteract that by having larger things that I put in the distance.
1: You're saying this is like a... uh... Your hand has a mind of its own, you know how, and it's like, going standing, to navigate to Twitter. You know how
0: if you're like standing on a beach, and you're watching a ship, and then it starts, it starts going the opposite direction of you, and then like as it goes in the opposite direction, it gets smaller, Andy? So Are you it, familiar with this phenomenon? You've got,
1: you've got a hand that you have no control over, basically, and you're saying you have to get it out of the range of your arm's reach, otherwise your hand will just naturally go to Twitter and open up Vine and uh, answer some emails, as opposed to watch Jean-Luc Picard explore space.
0: Imagine your laptop is an Oreo cookie, Andy.
1: I'm sorry, I lost you in the call because I ate my, I ate my laptop. I ate it. <laughs> yeah, you
0: just—you can't. You're a human monster. You can't control yourself. You're going to touch the laptop. I'm, I'm a little bit saying that. I'm not a monster, but I just have a horrible time uh, sitting still and paying attention to stuff, especially if I have an excuse not to.
1: Interesting. Well, that's the first distinction I want to make, and the reason I want to make that distinction is because uh, the thing we do with House Hunters is exactly what I don't want to do every day in my entire life, <laughs> which is watch a show that I'm going to argue is designed just to be comfortable. The show is designed for you to not turn it off, not really think about it that hard, not to challenge you in any way that would make you, like, be pushed away by it or, you know, there's nothing you can disagree with in it, you know, like like fundamentally and ju- structurally. There's
0: everything you can disagree with. That. The only thing we do is disagree with that show.
1: Well, no, we disagree with the characters on the show. We don't disagree with the show
0: itself. Possibly, actually. Yeah. Possibly. So... That's what I mean, the show is. I mean, I disagree me. with some things about the show. Like, you should probably look at more than three houses, for example.
1: But. Well, yeah, but that's. But we also know the show is a conceit, though. Like, we did the research online. We know that they've already. They're already under contract with one of those houses, and they just get taken to two other houses.
0: Yeah, that's fair. We can Spoilers move for House Hunters, gonna... <laughs> sheeple. Wake up.
1: They're not actually <laughs> shopping between those three houses. Get real. Anyway, I won't, I won't hold you up on that point. You can. Continue. So, House Hunters to me is the kind of TV which is popular these days, although I will also point out that there is lots of television that's not at all. Like, like, TV, I think, is having a moment. There are some TV shows that, as I understand it, are really, truly phenomenal. Uh, your Games of Thrones is your Breaking Bads, uh, these kinds of things, Your uh, the Wires, uh, that kind of stuff. I think TV's having a moment where there's some really interesting creative work going on in a lot of TV series that we haven't seen in a long time, which I think is great. Um, so... There are, however, certain TV shows, which I think are still pretty widespread, that I think are a type of show that is designed to be comfortable and just be on. Uh, And this provides, this gives you a reason to watch it that is not a reason that you're getting any value from it. And I would like to continue to define good as something that in our episode about blank movies, a screen being completely blank with no sound for 90 minutes, is that a good or bad movie? Uh, I made the argument that the most baseline thing that A movie, or in this case, a TV show, should really do is make your brain do something that it wouldn't do otherwise, that is, you know, growing a dendrite, running over some new pattern, doing something different than you would experience in the rest of your life, kind of challenging something in your brain. And shows like House Hunters are really conducive to you just falling into the same habit, the same ritual, the same pattern, and going over those same loops over and over again and just having that same experience. And so, what it does is it's very easy, Matt, right? Like your TV's there, it's on, we always turn this on, why not? And we end up doing that for the afternoon while we're in Philadelphia instead of something else, right? And it was a beautiful day. We walked out a little bit. We did force ourselves to get out of the apartment. But yeah. uh, we didn't do anything else for that afternoon. Uh, and again, I'm not saying strictly I regret that because I do enjoy watching The House Hunters. But I enjoy <laughs> it the same way that I enjoy laying in the warm sun on the ground. Or the same way that I enjoy, uh, you know, sleeping in late. Uh, it's a thing that I do out of vice, not because it's a thing that is actually good for me and my development as a person and a creative person.
0: I grew those things. Now, here's, here's the thing, though. We didn't really, I, I would say we didn't just passively watch it. I would say we actively hate watched it and uh, provided commentary for all the people that are despicable and make bad choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, that, is that like actively worse or is that better because now we're creating our own entertainment? We're having I think our own it's a little better. About it.
1: Um, Honestly, I think it's a little better. I think being engaged with the content enough to do something with it, and like we said, uh, you'd be be shocked to know, listeners, that the the two men that have a podcast about what things are good and bad uh, would like to disagree with the choices made by people on House Hunters (laughs) International. That's but, uh, not a lamp,
0: that's a shadow box.
1: People do the wrong things all the time. Why would you, why would you put that chandelier why up there? Why would you
0: paint this wall that color, and the opposite wall a different color, and then the third wall another color, you monster?
1: A design element is not a thing. That's a word for a thing you don't need in your house that you put in there anyway. So anyway, yeah, we made it into something a little bit different, which I much more enjoy having conversations with you about architecture and bad chandeliers uh, and the fact that that happened to happen because we were watching House Hunters International, I don't necessarily think it's a credit to the show.
0: Do you think it is? Well, I mean, it is a show about architecture in some way. Yeah. Like, I guess, I mean, it's almost like the way I see it, it's almost like, a, like in an improv show, like a prompt from the audience. Like, you just need anything, and then you go and talk about that thing. I have to, I honestly will say, I don't enjoy House Hunters at all. Like, sometimes Susie will just want to watch it right? Susie, my, my fiance Susie. Sometimes she just wants to watch it and peacefully watch it. And I will want to make fun of all the people and she'll be like, ah, can you just calm down tonight? And then I'm then I'm really disenju- I Then I do not enjoy it at all. If I can't talk about the people and talk about the houses uh, and make fun of them, I just don't enjoy the experience at all.
1: So it's funny because uh, not this time when I was in Philadelphia but the time, two times ago, a long time ago, one of the times I visited you uh, you went to bed at like 1 a.m. or something. I just stayed up for two and a half more hours watching, at the time, Great British Bake Off, but you could have easily <laughs> subbed in House Hunters International, and it would be the same situation. Uh, Except although, that I think
0: that you think Great British Bake Off is actually good, so that's I, I think that would it's, be different.
1: it's definitely better than House Hunters International, uh, is what I will say about it. Um, maybe we should go into the reasons why House Hunters International is actually bad, because I've, I've mentioned that it is the kind of show that is not designed to be what I think is good, but there yeah. are reasons why it is bad. Uh, And the reasons why it's bad are that it is completely repetitive. The production value is extremely low. People are basically put in these talking head situations where they say nothing things. They say nothing interesting under any circumstances. Uh, They say the same things over and over again. They literally reuse the same, like, if you were to take out all of the footage that is already used somewhere else in the same 40-minute show, the show would be 25 minutes long, like the shots of people and of the buildings because of the way they're cut with commercial breaks. They use the same footage over and over again. Uh, it's clearly a show that is made, as far as I can tell, as a cash cow, right? It takes them uh, two days to make an episode of this thing. Uh, so it takes them, you know, a, a month, and they have six seasons they've made built up. They probably shoot in the same location. Uh, like, go, we'll go to one city, shoot four or five different ones, spread them out across a couple of different seasons. Uh, it's the kind of thing where you can tell it's so easy to make because they put no effort into it. There's no uh, arc to the episodes. There's, like... You would do so much better if you actually took candid footage of these people instead of having everything be so contrived. They would actually probably say something interesting, uh, but instead you capture these like inhuman moments where nobody's doing anything actually human and there's no relatability. These people are just like cardboard cutouts of humans that they said <laughs> they made say, I'd really like to have a third bathroom or I'm looking for something with old world charm. Hey, construction worker in the background, go saw a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good <laughs> shot too. So uh, the... Cinematography leaves everything to be desired. It's terrible. Uh, the writing for the contrived characters is terrible. The impromptu everything is terrible. The, like, background... Of the, like, they're even going... Like, it's part of it is, like, just travel porn, right? Like, anything where you're in a different part of the world is just a baseline interesting because you're seeing someplace you're not used to seeing. And they even sure. do a terrible job of that, right? Like, they do these, like, uh, these setup shots where it's like, oh, now we're in Luxembourg and here's a shot of Luxembourg. And they take a shot of, like, the trashiest like uh, most touristy part of the city and it's there for three seconds and it's a panning shot as the sun's setting and they're like woo that's how that's how much information we can give you about luxembourg uh it just it does a bad job of all the things it's supposed to do which is ideally in perfect world this would be a show where you thought critically about architecture and interior design you thought critically about the compromises of a family needing to uh, figure out what, to, how to solve for the problems of their family unit, given a limited budget and time frame, and given limited options. You would think about the nature of living in these different places, and oh gosh, what might it be like to live in Serbia as opposed to to Baltimore? How would that change my life? And instead, you think about none of those things because the show is tofu. It's nothingness. It's just a cloud of bleh, just blurs all over the place. There's nothing to it.
0: Well, what about the what about the idea of learning from the show? because of all the things that the people choose poorly. I mean, I will say, I've, I, uh, I know more that every project will go over budget because of House Hunters than I ever did before. That's far more real to me now. Is that valuable information I've gained from the show?
1: Uh, also, if you want to be that literal, uh, no, I don't think it is valuable information <laughs> you gained from the show, because these people are running these contrived projects. If you were to run a renovation project, it would not go like that. Like, We joked about, yeah, how everyone's always over budget by a certain amount and how they're probably all bad at planning. Maybe you'd be good at planning and maybe you'd be good at planning. You'd say, gosh, I've seen a bunch of house owners international. I better plan to actually spend 30% more. And then you wouldn't because you're actually good at planning and it would just go fine. Uh, In which case, no, I don't think you learned anything from that because they don't actually talk about it. They don't talk about, okay, what did we learn? So we went 40% over budget. Why? Is it because your dumb husband wanted to get a pane of glass for the side of his hot tub that makes no sense and is just stupid looking? Is that why it went over budget? Uh, cause that you're not learning anything from that, Matt. Like, yeah, sure. You already knew don't put a stupid pane of glass on the side of your hot tub. That's not new information.
0: Well, you don't know how much pane of glass I was going to put on the side of my hot tub, but now that you say it, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. But that's another good example. That is something the show could actually talk about, right? They could have
1: a breakdown of like, here's where the budget went wrong. Uh, and sometimes they're like, we found termites. Oh, and that's the closest you get to like, here's an actual practical tip. If you're renovating a house, check for termites before you buy it. That's a pretty good tip. Um, But yeah, like they don't go into that because the show is not meant to make you think. If they actually went into that and they like showed a breakdown of numbers, people would stop watching because people do not tune in to think about that show. They tune in to just totally zone out. I read an article once, I got to try and find it for the show notes, that said that people's brain activity uh, was shown to actually be lower when watching television than when sleeping in some circumstances.
0: Well, yeah, you don't dream when you're watching TV. I do. I do. So, am I allowed to ask you? You've listed all the reasons that it's bad. Yep. But why do you enjoy it so much?
1: Because I too uh, fall victim to the vice of wanting a comfortable thing that can just be on in the background that is constructed to be uh, unimposing and unchallenging and just kind of take up space. Uh, it's it's easier, right? Like I feel like, and this is where this is getting personal. But here's what happened: I think TV went on when there is a moment of silence between us it was like all right andy's here in philly what are we gonna do moment of silence and you and i both subconsciously or consciously we're like all right let's turn the tv on that's a good way to keep this moving to keep things all right and we're friends you know we've we've been friends for four years now for goodness sake uh it's not that you know we are incapable of being friendly together and doing something it's that it's just so much easier to not and instead just turn that TV show on, and then poof, here's the thing we can talk about. It it solves for the problem of what are we going to do with our time, which...
0: Like I said earlier, it's like a prompt from the audience. What are we going to talk about? Oh, this. We'll talk about this. Well, the prompt from the
1: audience would be better. I would be more likely to accept that explanation for why it might actually be contributing something if we did anything with it of of material value. But we didn't. We didn't really make any good jokes. Um, We just kind of, you know absent-mindedly whined about it and you know joked that somebody looked dumb or that somebody didn't know how to pick good wallpaper like none of those were actually good jokes if we were writing comedy material then sure that'd be great if if we were writing a stand-up bit based on that uh then sure we've turned we've turned that garbage tv into something
0: that's actually valuable to us but we didn't really do well now we're turning now we're turning into a podcast that becomes part of the greater list of things that are good and bad that you can check off the list that's true but we can't say that everything
1: that we include in that list is by virtue of good, because then we can't even talk about <laughs> bad things, because they just become part of the good thing.
0: Yeah. So what about this? House Hunters International, or House Hunters whatever, House Hunters X, is maybe a bad TV show, but it's a great noise-canceling device, or like a white noise machine. No, it, it's a great... It's Honestly, I feel like
1: it's a social lubricant the same way that like alcohol is. Uh, I think that's what TV is in a, in a big way. It's a different kind of social. Uh, For some people, it's because they don't know what else to do with their uh, significant other other than down to watch TV because that just kind of, you know, evens out all the corners and makes it much easier to have that interaction. (laughs) Uh, For some people, it's because they don't want to sit with their own thoughts. I will freely admit that half the reason I love podcasts is because I cannot turn off my brain and a podcast for me is like, all right, here's a thing for me to focus on that is not me and not whatever I'm currently rolling over my head incessantly to no end. Um, Oh, that's
0: what I do. Every time I go for a walk, I put on a podcast so I can not have to, like, run over thoughts in my head over and over and over and over again. I can focus and just, like, yeah, enjoy a nice walk. And there are some podcasts I listen to that I would say are great podcasts that are
1: giving me actual value and making me a better person. And there are podcasts I listen to that are not. They are really just filling in that space. And they are uh, something that, you know, it's the same vice for me that watching TV is for somebody else. Uh, It's a thing that people do. I I don't don't think it's possible to live a life where you don't do any of that, Uh, nor do I think it should be the goal. But I do think it's important to be aware of when that's happening, so that that doesn't become your everything. Because then you wake up twenty years later and you have missed out on so much, so many ways you could have grown and changed as a person. Which is what art should do for us. That's what television should do. It's what podcasts should do for us. That's what books should do for us. Uh, when you spend time on bad things, you're not spending time on good things. And so a little bit of that is fine, you know. A little bit of that is, I think, just in- inevitable for people. But to make that your ritual every single day that's why i don't have a tv because that would that'd be so easy to fall into that pattern
0: so will you buy undeniably good social lubricant undeniably bad television show oh sure yeah if if you want to yeah i think i think that show
1: is honestly like you could write a whole like doctoral thesis on how amazingly it is not confrontational to people and it just (laughs) kind of exists in the background honestly like and this is i probably i don't want to tread too far down this path because I have not watched a lot of reality TV, but I expect that a lot of reality TV is guilty of this. Not all of it. I'm certain there's reality TV that is really carefully considered and they are in fact trying to like say something about humanity in the show that is best expressed through reality TV. But I think a lot of it is like somewhere along the line, somebody realized like, oh, lots of people are watching TV and they don't care that we hire this whole team of writers to try and do something interesting. They just care that something's on the screen, that there are colors moving around and there's like a person that they can look at and think about. And mm-hmm. so if that's all they care about, then why are we paying this whole team of writers? Let's just film people doing whatever and call it TV. And yeah, I think there's a lot of garbage reality TV for that reason, because it's, it allows them to make the thing with way less overhead. And most people are just as happy because what they're getting out of it is social lubricant or personal I don't want to call it personal lubricant, but it's something for themselves. <laughs> it's something for their own brain and their own, like, pathways uh, that is not, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a vice of, of a kind. Um, so, yeah, I would argue that it's, you could really do some intense research and get to the bottom of, like, why it's so good at that. And I would bet that some of the people that are best at making reality TV, what they are best at is having a preternatural sense for what things are and are not going to push people away. And what is the exact right balance of, like, we, we watched a couple episodes, Matt, where it seemed like maybe there was going to be some tension, right? Like, this dude wants to renovate this house, and this lady doesn't want to, and she's concerned about dust being everywhere, and there's going to be this, you know, big, you know, moment where things come to blows. And how much conflict did they actually put in? Basically none. There was, like, a shot The only where conflict she was they like, put in
0: is where, like, conflict's about to happen, cut to commercial, come back, there wasn't actually conflict, turns out. It was yeah. just how they edited it. And that amount of tension is probably just the right amount of tension that nobody
1: is like stressed out watching it, but nobody is like so bored that they're going to turn it off because, you know, turning it off is actually takes more than not turning it off. So yeah, I think there's an art to that and I hesitate to use the word art, but there's definitely a, there's a craft. There's a craft to that for sure, a technique
0: to making the show that does that as perfectly as possible. Uh, that, Which is me, not wildly different than uh, Garfield, terrible comic great merchandising device it's exactly the same i mean to to make a comic every single week like to for garfield to be the uh
1: you know brand and merchandising machine that it is you got to make a comic every day so what's a what's a constraint what's a sort of conceit that would allow us to very easily make a comic every single day i don't know how about a whiny cat in no setting (laughs) that just whines and you know likes lasagna and doesn't like mondays like how 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 many like five cent like ideas come out of that immediately a billion so like yeah that, that is the same kind of structure that i think uh that i think rowdy tv is and yeah
0: i think it's bad i can't make any sort of argument that it's a good television show by all accounts anything i would uh anything we've kind of agreed to about movies it doesn't really have unless we're uh unless we're going all the way back to the nothing movie episode where maybe just like moving around if there's, if there's some justification for it, any sort of movement at all on a screen. That's important to me, though, because here, here's the thing about... Here's a good way
1: to kind of summarize that. Yeah. Anything anybody makes, if it exists in the world for long enough, it will have some impact, right? You throw some... Ball into the universe, it's going to bounce off something. It's not going to pass through all of humanity. <laughs> that's just not possible. So, yeah. it bouncing off of something is not evidence that it was great, right? Even if we had sat down and maybe this podcast episode is our most popular podcast episode and we have House Hunters renovation to thank for it, uh, that is not enough to make it a good show. In fact, that's not, a, it has nothing to do with making it a good show or not. Something bouncing off of culture in a certain way doesn't mean it's good. Uh, it might make it popular, uh, but the same goes for that, you know, blank screen movie, right? You talked about. You know, what if someone really has a moment where they, you know, go into deep meditation and really think about life and death and come to terms with themselves in a way they never had before, and that 90 minutes of a blank screen and no sound? Like, great, that's a coincidence. That's, you got, sure, that is not a thing that you can really lay claim to as the maker of that 90-minute movie. Uh, the same way that if someone does something good with this abomination that is House Hunters, uh, they can't lay claim to that as their creative property.
0: House Hunters International. Undeniably bad TV show. Undeniably good making Matt and Andy make fun of it for two hours. Undeniably good
1: manipulation of people through psychology. And I'm a victim of that. Matt, I would totally just hang up this call and just watch like three hours of House Hunters right now. You. <laughs> I would be so happy to do that. I had such a long day, so many meetings. I would love to just sit down and just watch some couple be like... How many bedrooms do we really need?
0: I said I only want one pool. I'm not going to buy this house that has two pools for less than our budget.
1: We'd really like a garden and a pool and a parking garage and uh, an extra bedroom for our our daughter's doll collection. And we'd like it for uh, half the budget that you think it should cost.
0: But does it have a boat lift?
1: Does it have a boat lift?
0: Oh, here's the thing we can't forget. We never, ever at the end of the show say that we have like a Twitter handle or that you can review us on iTunes. Or that you can email us with suggestions. We never say any of these things, Andy.
1: Drill words.
0: You can follow us at Real Good Bad Show. Look us up on iTunes. Go to iTunes, search for Good Bad Show, give us a good review. And what else, Andy?
1: Uh, Tell your friends if you like the show, because we're we're trying to. We're trying. We're out here. I. I, We should mention on the show maybe, Matt. You can cover that if you want. I want to turn the listenership of this show into a de facto ad hoc. Uh, vaguely organized research group that is constantly trying to figure out what is good and what is bad in culture and society. And so we've been doing that a little bit. We've been putting out polls on the Twitter. So if you're interested in contributing your valuable opinion to these issues we discuss, get on the Twitter, vote on the poll. Uh, And I want to do more things in the future. So if you have ideas for that, or you want to be part of this movement, I'm calling it a movement now.
0: This week, we learned that popularity, according to the poll, has nothing to do with whether something is good or bad. Which then kind of invalidates itself because the most popular answer was that it doesn't. So that, wait, how does that work again, Andy?
1: Exactly. People really
0: agree with us more than I thought they were going to.
1: I thought that was a more contentious position than it seems to be from our anecdotal Twitter poll. So if you disagree, get up there and start registering your disagreement.
0: There we go. Go vote no on that poll. We'll put a link to it in the show notes.
1: Drill whirs.
0: Teapot noise.